remember, I'll be watching for you on the big screen. Okay, Irene. Won't that be the day? I had a dream about this place. Oh, boy. Oh! Yeah! All right. Held the tab. <laughs> just has been struggling with the tab lately. Dude, the fucking tabs. It's are a whole so thing. <sighs> Welcome to Movie Boners. Welcome to the show, everyone. Thank you for listening. Uh, if this is your first time or if you're a return visitor, we appreciate you. Ooh, yeah? Dustin's got a good that beer, sounds is like. so good. Okay. Oh, my God. Tell me. Oh, my God. <laughs> tell me about the beer you just opened. Okay. So I'm drinking a beer called Frostbite. It's a mm. cryo hopped IPA from Spindle Tap Brewery and somewhere here in Texas, in Houston, Texas. Um, oh, man, that <laughs> is so yummy. <laughs> yeah. Interesting. It's been a, like I've enjoyed a lot of beer. I've enjoyed mm-hmm. a lot of beer down here in Texas. Mm hmm. I don't know if I've responded to a beer like I just did with this one, but wow. I think I may have just found a new favorite. <laughs> wow. I'm, oh, man. That's crazy. Oh, man. I have seen, where did I see? Somebody that I know around here has a cryo IPA, and I don't know what that means really, but I assume it has to do with why you like it. I don't know either, but I know this is... Oh, this is a happy little beer. Oh, man. <laughs> okay, Bob Ross. Uh, my <laughs> my beer, I chose the most perfect beer to match today's episode. Is it just a giant what the fuck? No, it's a oh. perfect, perfect connection, perfect analogy for today's episode. Uh, it's actually a limited release from Odell's Brewing called Positive Latitude. And it's a passion fruit IPA. It's you know, a little bit fruity. You probably won't like it. It's an imperial IPA, rather. Um, but it's called Positive Latitude. All right. Do you know how that connects? I'm waiting for you to tell us. It doesn't matter. No, it doesn't. There, it, it, however you want it to connect, whatever it means, it's up to you. <laughs> it does. There's no actual answers. <laughs> I knew it was going to be a bullshit thing. It's not bullshit. <laughs> I knew you were just pulling that out of your ass. It's as bullshit as David Lynch's, but that's a separate topic. <laughs> okay, before we get into it. Thank you to our <laughs> thank you wandering lions. Thank you to our sponsors, Wandering Lion Studios. <laughs> they provide our beer for us. Uh, go to wanderinglionstudios.biz. They are a film studio that will work on a project. If you are a young aspiring actress who wants to make it big, uh, definitely Wandering Lion Studios can help you out with that. And uh, yep. they their social media is on point. Go to Instagram or Facebook and find Wandering Lang Studios because uh, I don't know if you submitted a response for their latest trivia. Not yet. This question. Okay. <sighs> okay. I got real cocky <laughs> with how I like got the last week's mm-hmm. trivia question correct. And they were pretty upset with me getting that correct. Yeah. And I rubbed it in their face. I even put like a thing on social media of the Joker <laughs> smiling. Mm-hmm. And I just captioned it when you get the movie trivia, right? Uh-huh. <laughs> like, and I tagged them. So I feel like I trolled them pretty, 
a little bit. Do you feel like this week's trivia is targeted at you specifically? Yeah, I feel attacked (laughs) and I feel like their clues were horseshit. And I feel like one of them is a red herring just put out there to throw me off. Mm -hmm. And it is really bothering me. I don't have any idea what the movie is, but I do have one piece of information that may help you so we can work as a team together. Yep. The, yeah. Okay. So they use the wrestler, yeah. and I'm assuming this is your piece. Yeah. Okay. It is the wrestler they mentioned. Uh, I'm blanking on his name right now, but they said the main, something to do with the movie. The main character or a character has a stomach tattoo, the same as this wrestler. That yep. that wrestler, a Hawaiian guy, is the grandfather of one Dwayne the Rock Johnson. No, Ooh. no joke. So I don't know if there is a connection. I don't know if Dwayne Johnson's in the movie they're talking about, but that's Dwayne The Rock's granddaddy. That's pretty cool. Yeah. Um, But see, okay, but see, that's why I feel (laughs) cool. Um, But see, okay, but see, that's why I feel like irrelevant to being Dwayne Johnson. And it's bothering me. (laughs) Very much so. And I think I'm very looking forward to Monday to figure out what it is, because I have no um, idea. I even (laughs) sent them a message. I responded to their story with the thing. I was like, this is Jake. I have no idea what I'm not even going to try to guess. I'm going to let Dustin guess. But I do know this fun little detail, and that's fun. (laughs) Uh, No. So maybe that means it is connected or maybe it means it's not. Maybe it means they don't like me. I don't know what it means. (laughs) <laughs> anyway we appreciate oh, you all a bunch thank of you for being our sponsors <laughs> oh yep thank you guys <laughs> speaking of yeah i, I was gotta, gonna tell I'm you i'm gonna send uh david he sent a, me a, a text, text too actually and <laughs> he, had he, t- a, a he sent me a text for you he was listening to our <laughs> black and white episode and he said uh it was kind of bullshit for you to have schindler's yep. list at number seven <laughs> and and, and I said, by the time you're listening to this, you've probably already heard <laughs> yep. that I've never seen Schindler's List, so you're probably more disappointed than me. It's still true. I've never seen Schindler's <laughs> List. Don't at me. <laughs> yeah, I got out of the uh, I got out of the movie, and as soon as I turned my phone off <laughs> of airplane mode, which, by the way, folks, yeah. those Eminem commercials turn your fucking are not phone just off for during fun. the movie. Um, back to what I was saying. <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> oh my God. They are obnoxious though. Uh, yeah. I, I take my phone out of airplane and my phone just explodes. And yeah. one of them was from you being like, Hey, we good to go. And I'm like, mom, just like the movie just ended. <laughs> and then one of them was, uh, yeah. From <laughs> David at wandering. And I felt attacked. <laughs> and then I thought, Nope, my show, my rules. Nice. I do what I want. Nice. And that's like exactly it. what I just texted him. <laughs> yep. So You're running out of time. Uh, hopefully I have an answer for their fucking trivia get your this shit week. Together. Yeah. <sighs> I am. And it's bothering yeah. me. We're not here to talk about the trivia. We could so what take are we talking about day, today, that's not Jake? What we're here for. <laughs> um, we had another fan request, I believe. It didn't come to me, but you mentioned that this happened. Uh, someone requested we watch the movie Mulholland Drive film written and directed by david lynch from 2001 i've heard of it you've heard of it everybody's heard of it weird thing we've never seen it i've never seen it you've never seen it 
Uh, which is kind of, I was going to say this like is the first all. time that's happened, but that happened with Akira like very recently. Right. Yeah. Which I really, <clears throat> I really like that. Like it, we've had two where neither of us have seen it. And it's so honestly it, rare. We're able like, to have like a very seen fresh a lot of movies on it. When we do have one that we've never seen, yeah. the other one has seen it. So we kind of have a balance. So to find one we've never both never seen is not that easy to do. Yeah, yeah. Um, yeah, so this was recommended to okay. me. Mm-hmm. Actually, when I went back home to Colorado, I got this recommendation. Uh, yeah. So my only, like, David Lynch... Okay. How much... Stuff is I watched Twin Peaks. How much of it did you see? On Netflix during uh, quarantine. Uh, I didn't watch the, like what they do, do the yeah. conclusion like, on Showtime or whatever it was that they did. I didn't finish later. that or I didn't even watch that one. Yeah. Um, okay. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. That's weird. You said that because I realized I haven't really watched any David Lynch stuff. I tried to watch Twin Peaks. Didn't really grab me. Oh, I've okay. never seen. I meant to see an elephant man meant to see Dune. Never seen blue velvet. Like I really haven't seen hardly any of his stuff. Yeah, uh, I remember seeing the Elephant Man, mm-hmm. but I don't remember too much. About I might have Elephant seen Man, a racer head, but I know I saw it. I, I might have seen a racer head, uh, but I never don't really saw Blue remember. Velvet. I know I've never. So, yeah, it sounds like we're both. Yeah. Not only have we never seen Mulholland Drive, <laughs> but neither of us yeah. have ever really. Which was so weird to me. Like, into I, David so I started Lynch's Mulholland Drive work and I. What? Okay. Uh, real quick, real quick, yeah. if you don't mind. When you started Mulholland Drive, yes, yes. Did you think you were watching the wrong? I literally movie? did, and that's when I made the post okay, on our thank Instagram you. Thank of you. the opening of that dance number, and I was like, I don't, I don't know what this is. I don't know what's going on. I don't know if I got like this weird <laughs> alternate universe thing. I don't know what's going on. Yeah, I, I was like. No way is this the real movie. <laughs> I was very and that's confused. what made me stop like, it and minute. go and look at David Lynch's stuff. And I was like, <laughs> do I have I seen anything that you've made? Like, cause I was like, obviously, this movie is weird. We're gonna get into it. This movie is weird. And I was like, is it weird because all of his stuff is weird? Or is it weird because this movie is specific? And then I realized I'd never really seen anything he's made, and I've heard Twin Peaks is weird, so I don't really know. <laughs> the, Twin Peaks was weird. The um, other weird thing as I was going through show. his filmography <laughs> after Mulholland Drive, he's made almost no features. He may have made one feature film. The rest are all shorts and documentaries. Dude. Shorts, <laughs> documentaries, and music yeah. videos. I was and like, what one of is the going most, on with this uh, guy's the career? One of the things was this show. That had 151 episodes. I was like, damn, that's a lot of episodes. So I was like, what is that? I clicked on it. It's called Weather Report. You know what it is? It's David Lynch. It's David Lynch in his house reading the, the weather, weather report, report for Los Angeles every day. <laughs> what are you doing, David Lynch? So this is a weird what guy. The fuck? 
the headline is this is a weird guy making weird movies <laughs> what the fuck? that i apparently should watch more of or watch less of i don't know that's honestly honestly the hardest part <laughs> of, this may be the hardest movie that we've ever had to prepare for because i took the most notes for this movie i took the most notes for this movie and I probably have oh, the shit. least planned things to actually say because I was just I was just writing things down so I didn't forget <laughs> them and and because I I I need you or the audience or somebody to help me find answers so maybe this will be like a workshop session where we find answers together I don't really know. Uh. Okay. Really, you and I are kind of on the same page with a lot of things. When I finished Mulholland Drive, <laughs> I hit the IMDb comment board hard. And normally mm-hmm. I avoid comment areas. Mm-hmm. Like I purposely don't go to comment sections because it's just yeah. lack of constructive <laughs> things to say. But I hit this comment section heavy because yeah. I was like, what? Yeah, the this fuck is. Did I miss here? What? <laughs> like, I think I got the basic idea, but there are several parts yeah. in this movie. I was like, "What the? F- and- what's the point? Why? Oh, I feel gross." There yeah. were a couple parts I felt like I feel gross, and I mm-hmm. get that's probably on purpose. It has to be on purpose. Um, at, I'll correct that. I know it was on purpose because mm-hmm. of some of the things that okay. I was reading about Mulholland Drive. I was like, oh, "Okay." It makes more sense. Um, we should also, mm-hmm. like we always have to do with our deep dives. Yeah. And oh, we're going to spoil the shit out of this movie. Um, you can't really talk about the last act without. I don't know that you can talk about anything without away. talking about the last act. I feel like. This is, yeah. And, and that's part True. of the reason I kind of started going all over the Internet, too, because I didn't. I didn't know the basic answer to did the movie was the movie I just watched good or not. I I honestly don't know. I don't know because I don't understand. It. And so sometimes I'm like, it might be good if I understood what's going on, but I don't understand it. So it it could be crap. I don't know. So I was trying to figure out just general consensus. Do people like this? And and I still don't really know, but I do think that it's important to with the context of the ending, because a lot of shit happens at the ending. I watched. I. <laughs> it, it does. It feels like a it fucking. Does. So I, I watched this movie twice end. this week, and I felt like that was the bare minimum. Because after you see the end, you have to watch it again because that kind of changes some things about the beginning. I think you need to have that little bit of context. But I. I I started late. I was like, this is yep. going to be great. We kind of have a, you know, a quieter week, a week off, only one movie to watch. I'm going to st- enjoy my light homework week and I'll start late. And, uh, and then I saw this movie and I was like, oh shit, I am totally fucked. I need to watch this movie like about a dozen more times before I have any <laughs> idea what's going on. So this is why you and I have this show, Jake. This is why we're such good friends, Jake, because for any newbie to the show, we don't, we try to hold back any opinions 
or whatever kind of general thought we have of like the group of movies or the single deep yeah. dive, we'll try to hold all there of so that so we can I unload to text it all you on each like, other. What the fuck is the this? <laughs> yeah. Um, I too started so late because I was like, man, we're coming off of a few weeks of mm-hmm. watching like tons of movies. It's like one movie this week. <laughs> I can go the whole week, watch whatever yeah. else I want. I can relax. I can like do some stuff around the house, whatever. So I watched it Thursday uh, before going and having dinner with my daughter. So like Thursday afternoon. And uh, when it ended, I just kind of <laughs> sat there for a minute and was like, uh oh, yeah. I should probably watch this like four more times. <laughs> and I think I'll only have enough to watch it one more time. But then I fell asleep while I was watching yeah. it the second time. Cause it was really late. I was really tired. And so I've only Kay. watched it. Like I'm going to say one and a quarter <laughs> times. And so I feel very lost. I think I understand the basic mm-hmm. gist of it. Um, I do have some thoughts cause the movie does something that, we have talked about this sort of thing in a couple episodes, previous episodes, like a while back. Mm. Um, we'll get into that, but it, I was like, wow, I didn't realize that this movie was another one that followed this trend. Okay. Uh, <laughs> but yeah, it's an interesting movie. I like you. I can't tell you if I liked yeah. it or not. I can't. I have no answer to that. Well, the good maybe the we'll good figure something out by the end of this episode. Um, <laughs> yeah, I'm so glad you did. I was trying to write down notes, and the very first note that I wrote <laughs> is literally, "What the fuck so is this? How?" <laughs> and I meant yeah. to answer it to myself, it and then what just is. moved on. So, uh, how <laughs> thrown off were you? By the editing, because that was the first thing that threw me off watching it. Okay. Um, so I had a lot of thoughts while I was watching this movie, uh, but the, the prominent one that continuously just kept rerunning through my head, this movie to me felt like hmm. it belonged in the Twin Peaks, un- like, world it felt to me like it was a part of twin peaks a hundred percent it felt Mm. that way to me the way that it's edited the way it's filmed um twin peaks (laughs) doesn't have quite the extensive nudity but um yeah (laughs) which that was like a what the fuck (laughs) you're gonna hear that a lot because that was such a prominent thought okay i'm sorry (laughs) so I kept thinking, like, is this a part of Twin Peaks? Did they make, like, a Twin Peaks spinoff movie? Mm -hmm. And I kept telling myself, like, that was one of my notes was Twin Peaks. Uh, Fun note about the movie that I can actually answer my Twin Peaks conundrum. And I'm sure David Lynch fans out there Mm -hmm. uh, are probably already saying this. Uh. This was supposed to be a Twin Peaks spinoff. But not a movie. It was supposed to be a whole new series. It was supposed to be a spinoff from Twin Peaks. Um, But ABC 
got super cold feet about it, did not like it, mm. and decided not to go through with it. So Studio Canal, the production company, gave David Lynch a few extra okay. million bucks to finish it off as a film. So film some extra sequences, rewrite the ending, okay. and uh, turn it into a movie. And when I read that, I was like, mm-hmm. when I read that, having watched Twin Peaks, I will say that Mulholland Drive mm-hmm. kind of went up a notch in my book because it felt like it just seamlessly fit into the yeah. Twin Peaks world. So I know you haven't really watched Twin Peaks. Mulholland Drive is actually... It, so if it you're a fan was of Twin Peaks, Peaks you but, would be a fan of this movie. <laughs> like, I feel okay. like you would be yeah, a I did, I pretty did big see fan that of it was Drive. supposed yeah. to be like his yeah, return yeah. to TV and it was originally supposed to be a TV series and was rejected, but I didn't, I didn't know the Twin Peaks connection. Yeah. Yeah. Um, the, so when I realized all that, the style of editing that was <laughs> in it kind of made more sense, but the editing is so weird and it throws you off so much and there's so many scenes in this movie where i was like yeah wait yeah why was that in there there is so (laughs) much wait what happened to that that? i was so (laughs) like i was trying to pay attention i was trying to pay attention to the movie like any good movie goer does and things would happen on screen and the editing was so jarring to me because it would like just jump to this other thing or uh, it would go from like this relatively normal scene, hard cut to this very loud teenagers driving through this, like cruising, speeding through the uh, mountains thing. And it was just went back and forth so much that I was like, this feels awkward. I don't, I don't really know like how it's, it's just not transitioning. It's just kind of a weird thing going on. And so I didn't really get it. And then, yeah, the opening dance number with all these like mm-hmm. cut out people on a green screen or really a purple <laughs> screen overlaid on top of each other, just dancing yeah, for yeah. no reason <laughs> before the credits, before anything. That was so weird. I was so, I mm-hmm. seriously, like, I had to pause the movie. So I watched it on Prime. Uh, I had to pause it and like, <laughs> Look at okay. This is Mulholland Drive. It says Naomi Watts is in this movie. Okay, it's it's over two hours mm-hmm. long. Yeah, everything says Mulholland Drive. What the hell is this opening? And like hit play again, thinking like, is this what is going on? And then Naomi Watts shows up, and she's like, mm-hmm. in a very like odd out kind of by light way, like washed out, and just it looks like. It looked yeah. like early days of yeah. Photoshop <laughs> but for film, but like obviously Photoshop wasn't. Yeah. It's like a Microsoft thing Movie in two thousand one. But <laughs> I was so, yeah, yeah, I was so thrown by the opening, and then all of a sudden it goes like real dark, and they do that ominous zoom in on yeah. the street sign of Mulholland Drive. There's so many of the most like random (laughs) encapsulated (laughs) scenes that happen. And you're like, okay, I'm on board. This is going to make sense in a minute. This is going to tie in. 
And then the next scene has nothing to do with that. And then they never reference it again. And I'm like, I don't understand. So right after the opening, they show like this point of view pan of this, uh, like on this bed, like on these sheets going on. And there's like kind of breathing, like Michael Myers behind the mask kind of breathing. And then it stops and then it goes under the credits. And then it's like, this is, I don't know what that was. I couldn't tell you. I've seen the movie twice. I don't know what that was. <laughs> so the credits happen. <laughs> and you get a a limousine. And this is where things, you know, I, I feel like I'm starting to watch a movie. Yep. We've got a limousine with a girl. <laughs> yeah. Right. I felt I'm like, like okay, oh, here's the start of the Disregard all that because it doesn't, doesn't mean anything. We're watching this girl in this limousine, and she's driving to a place, and uh, they stop, and she's very upset that uh, they stopped before they get to their destination. And then this guy pulls a gun on her. I'm like, okay, now this is interesting. And uh, and then you get that hard cut, these teenagers cruising through the mountains, speeding, screaming, very exciting, and then cut back to her. And, you know, okay, okay they're going to get into a crash. Obviously, they're coming her way. Um and they do they get into a big crash and she ends up walking away from it and ends up falling asleep hold on let me go back to my notes i'm getting lost i'm like some something else have to have happened between all this <laughs> no no you're you're not really missing anything um <laughs> the accident yeah. happens she survives and she kind of wanders into this like gated community yeah. where this older woman is leaving and she the woman from the limo who's like she's you know her head is kind of bleeding um she like wanders yeah. into the lady's home and does the worst <laughs> kind of hiding she hides under the yeah. table which does not have like anything that was to my first thought i was her. like you you and walk up to that per like that I don't table mean to, to get picky. You're gonna see a person underneath it. You're gonna see a person underneath it. I don't mean to get picky, but that it's was the first thought in my head of not like, a deep table. That's a bad yeah, hiding spot. That's horrible. You are white. Yeah. Like you are right there. She is walking directly towards you. <laughs> I even I even tested if I walk through my front door. And I look in the direction yeah. of my table because the lady is walking directly to her table. Mm-hmm. Do I see the stuff underneath it? Yep, yeah. I do. And I've got it's a the kind big of thing table, that it's- it makes it very hard to suspend disbelief. It only <laughs> works if in like in frame in camera frame if you're zoomed in on the top of the table and then you pan pan down and oh wow there's a woman under it but yeah. from any other angle in the world any human person walking up to the table you're gonna see her there. <laughs> And th- this was 2001. Cell phones, <laughs> texting, social yeah. media, not there, folks. So the old lady is not that distracted. I don't I had, mean to get picky. I I, it was just an observation. About, oh, it's 2001. Um, There's no, like, hardly any internet or anything. Because they end up, like, having to do some investigation, going through, like, a phone book and stuff. And I was like, oh, this is kind of different. Obviously, there's no, like, oh, I'll just look that up. <laughs> like... I, I forgot. I was like, oh, man, I remember the days of going through the white pages. It was such a pain, yeah. especially if someone was not listed. 
<laughs> yeah. So, but that's this girl falls asleep point. in yeah, this uh, lady's house. This lady's so left then, on vacation or whatever. She's left her house. We don't really know yet at this point. This lady who's been in the accident falls asleep there, and then we go to a different scene in a diner with these two guys, and this one guy who I love actually. He was in a lot of things. Uh, Patrick Fischler. He describes to this other guy. Uh, he's had dreams about this restaurant. He wanted to come to this specific diner uh, with this guy because he's had two dreams at this point. And he starts describing them. And I'm like, oh, this is actually kind of interesting. I like these guys. I like where this is going. Uh, and he describes he's had these dreams kind of f- foreshadowing what's been going on. And uh, and the guy's like, okay, that's kind of interesting. He goes to pay and ends up kind of accidentally acting out what the guy just described as his dream he's like he's like i had a dream you were in both of them yeah you were at that counter i was very afraid and then that actually kind of happens and so i'm like okay that's interesting and so he and they end up leaving the diner and there's like this scary witch <laughs> and i'm gonna pause you at the scary witch okay I feel like she's yeah. going to have the same effect on you that she did with me. What <laughs> is the point? Why she's, is there this weird yeah. old witchy lady? Is she supernatural? Is she like evil? What the fuck? Or is well, she just she some homeless lady that's really, and really, it is really scary dirty? Because there's like a lot of tension. That's the thing about this movie. A lot of this movie has to do with tension building over time and then sometime it pays off and a scary witch pops out of the corner and sometimes absolutely nothing fucking happens. <laughs> but so this lady pops out behind the corner. She is scary, has a dirty like face. Uh, I, she may be homeless. I don't know. But then she just kind of retracts back behind the corner. The guy, the guy uh, who was describing it passes out because he's so afraid. He just falls to the ground. Apparently the other guy with him didn't see her. That's the impression I got, that he just didn't see her. He doesn't react. He just reacts to the guy who fainted. And the witch is gone for most of the rest of the movie. She comes back towards the end. Yeah, she she shows up for a yeah. real quick, like, but, millisecond. Oh, remember her? Never so the mind. witch is kind and of And then they move on. <laughs> the most important thing were those two guys. They never come back at all. They're gone. No, the the one diner guy like does make another appearance kind of towards thing? the end as well. Okay. Yeah, it's real quick. He kind of just looks at at Doesn't Betty and is like, oh, and then that's it. Because I remember when they showed him, I was like, oh, we're tying it back. And then they don't. <laughs> yeah. And I was like, oh, so right, I was feels, I was okay. so in at that point, <laughs> And then I was so out because they never come back. They're not, not really important. I don't know what it means. The closest I tried so hard to come up with what that means. Why are they in this movie? And I the closest thing I could come up with was that girl, like right after that scene, right after you see the witch and he passes out, then you see a shot of this a brunette lady who was in the car accident on the bed sleeping. And I'm like, maybe she's having a dream about them. Maybe she's having like a concussed dream because she obviously must have a concussion. She lost her memory uh, getting ahead of ourselves. Um, So it's so 
weird. And so I was like, oh, okay, whatever. See, and I take it as the guys themselves are not so much what's important of that scene, yeah. but the diner itself. But that's the diner ends up being kind of a, yeah. an important setting. The diner much is a later thing on that the diner comes the back movie. more than anything else, uh, I guess. Yeah. Um, but yeah, so then we're introduced to yeah. Betty, the main character, Naomi Watts on the plane with the, the old lady and the old husband guy. And they're like leaving the airport all like <laughs> super friendly. They're given the odd. Okay. I have been on several flights. Most people have. You have been on several flights. Yeah. I'm sure. Yeah. I'm sure our audience have flown. Have you ever no. gotten that no. friendly? Uh, well, with I'm not a normal passengers? person. I refuse no. to talk to anybody unless I have to, but I do think even the most nice <laughs> that people true. that I do know people that make friends with everybody and <laughs> even they would not have them like carrying their bags for them. <laughs> you don't, you don't, you definitely don't yeah. create such she's, a close bond. She's walking with like your, your fellow yeah, passengers. She's walking like you're arm like hugging arm with and crying with that old lady. <laughs> and I was like, Oh, this is her mom, her grandma, somebody helping her out. And then they're like, oh, nice to meet you. I'm like, wait, you just met? What the hell is going on? I'll be looking for you on the big screen. (laughs) You're like, all right. Yeah. And that's a weird thing for you to focus on, first of all. But second of all, that whole scene where she's walking through the the airport (laughs) is so like bright and nice and friendly. And it comes right after being introduced to this weird dark mysterious guy in like a wheelchair who's like yeah he's like he's like oh that's right i forgot like wake, how did i forget about calls, the wooden wheelchair uh, and uh, about like how this girl is still missing that they're trying to find you assume it's the girl that we just saw the brunette girl and uh yeah he's in like this nice wooden wheelchair it has like this armrest so you uh, so you assume he's like paraplegic or something but he's in like this mostly empty room it's very weird. It's it's a very uncomfortable looking office. He's got like his desk in the back corner. The way it's shot yeah. makes the room look massive when it's actually probably a standard size office. But it's like, isn't it? Yeah. Like kind of a dark red, like red kind of color on the walls. You just feel immediately when you're in that setting, you're like, oh, this is a. This is an unsafe place, which is kind of how you feel every time yeah. these Hollywood folk are shown in the movie, which I did see uh, an, a little tidbit about that. That kind of made me like, uh, yeah. OK, uh, apparently this movie is also known as, quote, a poisonous okay. letter to That's Hollywood. kind of the, the most I could get out of it is that and it's I was very like, much about this girl who wants to be an actress she's got big dreams she's bright-eyed and bushy-tailed and ends up getting like a rude awakening of how like gross and seedy and and hollywood is actually not that nice to so it's kind of aspiring i do i do if that's the case i do appreciate david lynch kind of shitting on hollywood for being like here is 
Yeah. Well, and that, so that was when I read that, because that was definitely the feeling I had with all the meeting scenes mm-hmm. where they show like the producers, uh, the director trying to just make the film his way, but then caving in and spoiler making it the way the producers yeah. and it's the and that's weird, the weird thing I, I took from stirs. it is it's not so Want. much that Hollywood is controlling it, but that Hollywood is controlled by the mob who just get to decide whoever's in a movie. And they, the, so the creative visionary, the director doesn't get to decide any of that stuff. Yeah. Although his scene, that part did mm-hmm. make me laugh really hard for two reasons. Um, I've never seen a character <laughs> spit out espresso in yeah. such a weird, gross way uh, the, onto a the like fabric napkin. napkin that it just continues um, to roll off of. <laughs> like this is so it just awkward, runs dude. off of. <laughs> and, and then him yeah. smashing the windshield with the golf club. I, I do like think that. I thought, Justin hey, Thoreau that's, that's as that stuff. director may be the best part. Um, <laughs> my favorite part is the cowboy thing, but we'll get to that in a minute. He. <laughs> yeah but getting back to the after so weird the, the the airport scene getting back to there was there were several times in this movie and this may be the most the first time or the most obvious time where the audio in this movie feels so weird did you ever get the impression that like everything was just voiceover like they so, weren't actually doing the dialogue like it was it felt like there were a handful of moments where I did feel that way. Um, I'm going to mm-hmm. take a guess that because it was filmed. So when he was filming the pilot of Mulholland Drive, when it was supposed yeah. to be that that spinoff TV show, okay. he had a budget of $8 million. And so he only filmed enough yeah, for like right. the, the pilot, right? It gets canceled, gets dumped before anything can happen with it. Studio Canal mm-hmm. gives him, I think it was like an extra $7 million, somewhere in there to film additional sequences and to film yeah, turn an it ending because he movie. didn't have an ending for the pilot. Why would you? Yeah. So I, my assumption, and I could be way off base, I couldn't actually find anything about this, but I do agree the audio goes in and out sometimes mm-hmm. or it doesn't seem like it's matching. I couldn't tell if it was just like, is my <laughs> can internet acting goofy mm-hmm. or is this how the movie is? So I did the like, I'll pause it. <laughs> like, is it trying to buffer? What the fuck is going on here? Yeah. Uh, nope. I think it's just the movie. Um, but I'm wondering if, when trying to film mm. extra sequences or having to like mm-hmm. maybe reshoot some things, maybe not everyone was available to do an actual yeah. reshoot or show up for the shot. So they like, we can record our dialogue and send it to okay. you. Maybe that was what happened, but I didn't see mm-hmm. too much. A lot of the stuff I was finding were all the oddities that you and I are <laughs> obviously Sticks focusing out. on because it just, yeah, <laughs> it, it stuck with us. Um, a lot of people take all of that as like personal or uh, purposeful. Yeah. Artistic direction from David Lynch. <laughs> like this is just what he meant to do. And I'm like, it's a yeah. little bit of a weird thing to That's, mean to do that. It's funny but, you say that okay. because your description, I was like, <laughs> oh, shit, that makes sense. I should have thought of that. My take was, why did you mean to do this? What does this mean? 
this must mean something. This must be intentional. <laughs> and I'm like, oh, well, yeah, that's probably the case. He just didn't have the budget. I mean, I'm trying to give like my I'm trying to give my brain a little bit of cushion here because this movie was anything but a cushion for your brain. It's such a roller coaster. I don't think we're like, I'm going to get whiplash with what's going on in this movie. I'm sure it sounds like a very normal movie. It's not. Watch it. It's very weird. So and the weirdest scene ever (laughs) happens right after the airport where this the old couple that she was with is, sits in the back the seat of a limousine absolutely grinning from ear to ear it is yeah. the most awkward no smiling old person I've smiles that much they're like, too jaded too old they don't give a fuck they're it's so forced and creepy that it's just weird yeah, I was like, there is no way yeah. either of their smiles are genuine smile like this. And she feels like so the old lady odd. The old lady like, like immediately. I'm so glad you brought this up. And nothing really happens in that scene. I don't know why it's in the movie. What does it mean? They're smiling so They're much. just smiling. Why? Like it looks especially the old lady. Yeah. It looked like she was in pain. Like it's like that meme, pain trying the, to the smile. Adam Driver mean where he's like more, <laughs> more. <laughs> yeah, That's like. <laughs> yeah. I'm so glad you brought that up. I was about to. If you did not, I was so like, when is it? Yeah. What w- I was like, why are they? This- okay, so <sighs> I understand the audio thing, but that scene must mean something. What does it mean? Why? <laughs> help us out here folks i i feel like yeah. i'm a little mad at mahalan drive or, both. or david lynch i don't know if it's justifiable um i think i said this exact same thing when we were talking about oh shit i forget which movie Was it Akira? A pretty recent episode actually yeah it may have been akira where i was like you and i tend to be like yeah. We're pretty in tune with a movie. We can catch on to mm. the metaphors. We can figure some things out not easily, but we're able to like, oh, I yeah. see what they're what the filmmaker was doing here. I wonder if this is the direction it'll go in. And we have a pretty good track right. record with being correct. Uh David Lynch and Mahalan Drive made me be like, Do <laughs> yeah. I understand movies at yeah. all? Well, the Do thing I about understand? Akira was I gave it so much <laughs> grace where I was like I, it's a different culture. It's an anime. I don't really, there are a lot of things I'm sure that happen that I don't really get. And that's fine. I don't have to. I, I If I watched more anime, I'm sure mm-hmm. I would. With Mulholland Drive, I'm like, this is Western. This is David Lynch. This is normal Hollywood. I feel like I should know what's going on and I don't. And it bothers me. <laughs> you know what? Yeah. I just thought of this. Office fans, <laughs> you will crack up about this. Um, watching Mulholland Drive, okay. I just just came to me. I imagine watching Mulholland Drive would be a lot like <laughs> if the character Robert California was real and you tried to have a conversation yeah, with him. That's true. <laughs> that is so true. It's like too true. That's really good. <laughs> <laughs> that's yeah. that just clicked, and I was like, "Oh my yeah. god!" If 
anybody oh in this movie God. turned and said, I am the Lizard King, it would fit. It would fit. It would fit in the movie. It Anyone would could do anything at any time, and it would fit in this movie. <laughs> if if geishas had popped up, yeah, it would just be thing. like, "Yep, there it is." It would... I'm, I... <laughs> oh no. man, yeah, we're not even we like fifteen so, minutes into Betty, the movie. Betty folks goes to her, <laughs> goes to this apartment. She was come to Hollywood to be an actress. That's her whole thing. And so she goes to this apartment. Her aunt has moved uh, away for another movie. And so uh, Betty's going to stay at her place. Betty is a Naomi Watts character. By the way, I've mentioned right. several and- times on this podcast, I think most recently on the Peter Jackson episode, I love Naomi Watts. Like I, She is underrated yes. in a weird way for a major Hollywood actress who I'm sure has been uh, all around the place. She is underrated. She is amazing. I love her. And so I was excited for this. I was excited for this movie. She may be the only and thing I know about this movie is that Naomi Watts is in it. She wants to be an actress. And you know what? She does a pretty good job yeah. in this movie. Like she's she's a powerhouse. <laughs> Moving on. So yeah. Betty um, Betty is Naomi Watts. She nice. wants to be an actress. She moves to, into her aunt's apartment. And when she gets into her aunt's apartment, she finds this woman in her shower. So this is okay. We're gonna have a lot of yeah. like, and here's where we have to interject. Whoa, whoa, whoa hold on. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, you find out that the aunt is the old lady that left, and you find out the apartment is the one that the the brunette from the beginning yeah. is uh, crashing in, um, or what do they call it? Um, it's like a Sedating. term for it. Um, <laughs> I don't know. Yeah, but they have like a different word. Anyways, uh, <laughs> we're so. Oh, hip. is this something the kids <laughs> say? <laughs> Anyways, okay. I don't know. It's some phrase. Uh, when she yeah. like just goes in the bathroom and just opens up the shower yeah. and sees the brunette showering, and she's like, "Oh, my bad. I didn't know someone was staying here." She holds that door open yeah. for like a beat too long, and then closes the door, <laughs> and then is like, "I'll go." Mm-hmm. And then stops at the door and is like, do you need anything? Mm-hmm. I'll just be waiting out here. And then finally <laughs> leaves the bathroom. Okay. Yeah. You can see through the shower door. The shower is running. So clearly, you know, I didn't, A, I didn't think someone it was else running. is in the place. And B, oh, like, I thought that she was. Yeah. I thought that she like heard her hear move it. That's how in she the knows. shower, but the shower was off. Like she had heard her come in or something. Maybe. Or maybe she heard the maybe. shower turn off. Yeah. Either way, there's a shower and the lady's in it. Um, she's oddly yeah. really calm that yeah. there is some stranger and she, like, hanging assumes out in the shower. that it's a friend of her aunt's <laughs> who she's like, oh, my aunt didn't tell you you would be here. And uh, the lady doesn't really give her any reason why she's there. And she just accepts it and assumes she's like oh okay yeah this is totally fine she's like oh i'm betty by the way and i thought that it was going to be very cliche and she's like oh i i i don't remember my name but it doesn't do that i mean she says it with her face she's like i don't remember who i am but she doesn't actually say it so that at least i was like oh it's not terribly cliche at least 
I was, I was about yeah. to be like, it, it does that it, later. It does but, do so that, <laughs> Betty like excuses herself before it can actually really do that. And so she leaves the bathroom and the, the, br- yeah. the brunette like yeah. sees but- posters of Rita Hayworth, the actress when she gets out. And so she tell decides to tell Betty her name is Rita instead. Yeah. And she just accepts it. And they're like, they are so Mm-hmm. oddly comfortable with each other yeah without knowing each other I, okay i think this is a theme in this movie that i was like this none of this makes sense no human being mm-hmm. is this comfortable with a stranger yeah, betty, this quick betty's telling her um, like her as i say telling her like her life story she's loud, like though. i want to be an actress yeah and they're like and rita's hanging out in the bedroom wearing nothing but a towel mm-hmm. and they're just like Two girls sitting in this bedroom, and you're like, oh, I think I know what direction really? David is going to take this movie eventually. I, I didn't at all. He does. I was like, oh, they're just, you know, she's just a nice girl. Help. You didn't Not guess that they were going to get frisky with each other? No. To the point really? where oh, this man. is getting way ahead of ourselves. But later in the movie, uh, yeah, yeah. Betty invites Rita to like, she's like, Oh, you don't need to stay on the couch. You can just sleep in this giant bed I have here. And I was like, Oh yeah, totally normal. Two girls hanging out. And then she pulls, she would just got out of the shower. So she takes <laughs> off her, I was like, Oh, she's going to go get pajamas on or whatever. Nope. Dot d- dumps her towel in complete nude. Like, yeah, right in front of Betty. Like, just like, okay, this look is, at if me. If I was Betty, I'd be like, okay, I invited you to sleep next to me, but a little weird you were going to sleep in the nude. Kind of not cool, but we're past it. <laughs> like, I'm pretty sure that breaks some rules yeah. when people are like, we'll just no. share the bed. Rule number one you is know? one person under <laughs> like, the sheet, one person over the sheet. That's rule number one. But okay, So she breaks the rule of not sleeping in the nude. And I'm like, okay, maybe she's a weird eccentric. She's concussed. She has a head injury, whatever. And then she starts like, she kisses Betty goodnight. And uh, I was like, okay, whoa, whoa, whoa. Where is this going? And then they start like making out. And then Betty like has, they admit like a big lesbian crush on each other. And I did was not ready at all for any of that. And Betty's like, I love you. And I was like, where does that come from? So, okay. Yeah. And the movie's timeline is like yeah. two or three days, two days. And she's like, I'm in love with you. I'm in love with you. I mean, granted, that made a little more sense when mm-hmm. the movie was concluding. But until the movie concluded, I was very like, <laughs> yeah. oh my God. You are a troubled individual. You should stop trusting people like this. And that's what the movie's about. We can just end it right there. No, I, 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 thinking back, I, I don't, I've never seen Mulholland Drive, but I do remember it being like talked about around Oscar season. I remember when it came out. I think I remember it being like a thing that people talked about, like, oh, lesbian nudity and like sex and stuff in this movie. But I didn't remember till way after all of it happened. And so I was like, oh, wait, was that this movie? What's going on? Yeah, I, I remember when it came out. Um, but I was yeah. too young. It came out in 2001. So we were like hitting the teenager, like fresh into teenager years. Uh, so I'm sure if we heard any 
talkings of, yeah. oh, there's nudity in this movie, being an adolescent boy. <laughs> I'm pretty, I'm, I'm going to take a wild yeah. guess and be like, I would have been like, ooh, I should watch that movie. Because as an adolescent boy and you hear that there's nudity yeah. in a movie, you're like, it's going to be full of boobs. <laughs> yeah, there was so many, this would have um, been like. <laughs> The perfect movie. <laughs> I, I don't know if there are any adolescent boys out there listening, but this would have been like the perfect movie. There were so many movies that I wasn't allowed to see parts of as like a kid. They're like, my parents would make me like close my eyes or whatever. And then so I would, you know, when they're yeah. away, just pop in the video, fast forward to it, see what's up. And it generally was nothing. It was like, oh, it was like, it was like popping in Die Hard. It's like, oh, you see a boob <laughs> for half a second. Not really anything. Doesn't really count. <laughs> If it was Mahalo Drive, though, right. it would be a different story. <laughs> yep. Uh, yeah. So back to when yeah. they uh, are so first Betty- meeting each other. <laughs> I totally was like, yeah, they're going to get it on in this movie. I had no idea. So they kind of like <laughs> eventually Rita tells Betty about her like issue she was in an accident she lost her memory and betty like tries to help her and uh rita just wants to go to sleep and betty's like oh no if you were in an accident you shouldn't take a nap which was the first thing i thought i was like you are concussed you should not go to sleep what are you doing but she decides to go to sleep anyway and the next scene is Two scary mob guys go to a meeting at Ryan Entertainment, which I assume is some film production studio, and they meet with some producers and a director played by Justin Thoreau, who has a golf club sitting on the table for no real reason other than, yeah, he's <laughs> he an eccentric director. <laughs> and these two scary guys walk in. They slide a headshot across the table like this photo resume of this girl, and they keep saying, this is the girl. This is the girl. This is the girl. Justin Thoreau, (laughs) who is my favorite part of the movie, he's the only one who seems to indicate something weird is going on. This doesn't make sense. What the fuck's going on? Which is how I feel as an audience member. (laughs) So there are several times where he's like, (laughs) "What? why are you... Why are you saying that this girl should be in my movie? Why are you trying to take over this stuff? And 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 the the there's the no creepy, answers. No one uh, says anything. The creepy wheelchair guy from the beginning. He is like listening into this meeting, and so he, which is like a weird thing that isn't really referenced, but is if you watch it twice, like I did, is noticeable. Um, He's listening into this meeting, so he seems to be interested or at least related to uh, these guys, these two mobster guys. And I like how you're trying to be sneaky about giving the dogs their bones. I thought I did a good job. Being sneaky, apparently, at all. apparently you could tell. No, I'm not judging you because I've dropped my pen like three times and have been like, I could be sneaky, but I'm not going to be. Yeah, there's too many wires around here, but apparently needed something to do. So I was prepared. Yeah, Uh, but this is the espresso scene that you mentioned. This these producers uh, seem to know that this guy really (laughs) likes espresso. They're like, I'm sorry you didn't like the espresso last time. We really tried hard to get good espresso this time. And this is the longest scene where they bring in this espresso. The guy makes a big deal about tasting it and then spits it out into his napkin. 
<laughs> and it like runs off. But the, it's yeah. not just that he spits it out. You got to think uh, the best way I can th- compare it to. Do you remember in like big when he <laughs> yeah. spits the caviar out? And yeah. He does that like Bleh. that's how this guy yeah. spits out the espresso. Yeah. So it just makes it so much worse. And yeah, it runs off the napkin and they're like, I'm so sorry. They said it was like that, the best. The one producer ever. is like visibly like, like terrified, like shaking, like a Scooby-Doo cartoon, like scared <laughs> of like this reaction from this guy who doesn't like it. Yeah. And uh, so then they, they threaten to like completely mm-hmm. shut down uh What's the director's name? Isn't it like Alex or something yeah. like that? Adam. Shut down Adam's whole production. Not just like, hey, you're not going to direct it, but like, we're killing the whole project yeah. because this one actress isn't in it. And he goes, he leaves the meeting after being told like, mm-hmm. it's over. And I, I laughed out loud at this because I was like, ooh, we got some like, Okay, I think I'm going to figure out where this movie's going now. He's going to be pissed. He's going to find her. And the movie's going to end up being like him trying to protect Betty, try to get her in his movie to get the movie made. And somehow Rita's going to tie in. Uh, I thought that's what they were doing. That was not what they did. But But when he goes to the limo Mm -hmm. with the golf club, and he says like the guy's name. And the driver's like, fuck off. When he starts yeah. smashing that windshield and just like yeah. skimps away <laughs> and drives off, I was like, <laughs> I laughed out loud. And then I thought, man, that car just was ready mm-hmm. to go immediately. <laughs> yeah. It's having a valet help. Yes. Yeah. And so uh, Adam <laughs> drives, starts driving home. Uh, his assistant calls him and is like, hey, you, you need to come back. They like shut everything down. They fired everybody. And he's like, no, I'm not going to come back. I'm just going home. I'm going and home. And so when he gets <laughs> home, he sees a, like the pool guy truck there. And then there's nobody out by the pool. And so he finds in his bedroom with his wife, the pool guy. <laughs> right. So mm-hmm. before we get to the pool guy, and the very obvious when he pulls up and you see the pool guy's van, you're like, oh, yeah. he's going to walk in on them having sex. Like, you <laughs> yeah. just no. <laughs> but when he walked in the house and he puts the yeah. golf club in his golf bag, I had to laugh. And I. I'm wondering if this was more of a Justin Thoreau decision for his character is like mm-hmm. a little hint to the backstory. I pictured, I don't know why, but immediately thought, I wonder if this character, this director, Adam, Mm -hmm. when he leaves the house every day, picks a different club to take with him. He's got just because it's right by the door. It looks so routine the way he did it. A full bag of golf clubs sitting there. And he just, as soon as he gets home, pops the one back in. So yeah, you assume he must, whichever one he feels like that day, he must just take. Yeah. So I, I actually like if that's if I like caught mm-hmm. on to a little character trait there, I love <laughs> that character trait, especially for this character, because at, at this point, like I'm on Adam's yeah. side. I'm like, I kind of like this guy. I have no <laughs> idea what the point of him Still, is to this day. Uh, <laughs> yeah. 
but but I like this guy. Yeah, and then he walks in on his yeah. wife and the pool guy. And I had to pause the movie at this point. I've seen, we have seen so many movies with so many just random cameos that you're like, oh, that's cool. Right. And then I watched this movie and fucking (laughs) Billy Ray Cyrus shows up as the pool boy. I was like, like I paused it and just stared at his face for a minute and was like, that's yeah. Yeah. That's him. Isn't it? Isn't, That's him, isn't right? Isn't his wife <laughs> Portia de Rossi too? No, Portia de Rossi uh, is married life, to Ellen DeGeneres, is, but not in the movie. <laughs> oh, in real life, yeah, yeah. Sorry. <laughs> Does she play the wife of Adam? I, I'm not gonna lie, dude. I didn't pay any attention to the wife. I was so focused on why the hell is Billy Ray Cyrus why is in Miley's this movie? dad in this movie? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I know. I was like, he better not freaking break out into <laughs> achy breaky heart. There better not be. And I was like, maybe he'll change Every, up his voice. Everybody knows nope, Alan he Jackson didn't. sings achy breaky heart. Um, but the the funniest <laughs> thing to me is after after Adam sees him and his his wife and this pool guy having like an affair, uh, they. <laughs> Yeah, he, his solution to this problem is to grab his wife's jewelry box, take leave the room with it, and she's like, where are you going with that? So she gets dressed and tries to chase him. He goes to the garage to grab bright pink paint, then goes into the kitchen and starts pouring the paint on the jewelry. And I'm like, why and how? And all of the questions... <laughs> It like splatters all over his all black suit onto his wife. <laughs> yeah. So funny. It's, it's, and yeah, and there's a big tussle and she kicks him out. And that's, I mean, it's understandable. It's a big fight. But so he goes to a hotel and we're kind of skipping over scenes, but a lot of the scenes are kind of broken up. So I think this actually makes more sense. Sorry, Dave Lynch, to re edit your movie. Um, he goes to a hotel and there's, <laughs> and there's this weird, guy with a bleached mustache who uh, comes to his hotel door and says hey some guys just showed up and they said they're from the bank and they said that you have no money and adam says well i paid you in cash so i don't know why you're bothering me (laughs) which i was like yeah that makes sense i'm on adam's side adam's the only one in this movie that makes sense um and and so it's like and then the guy continues to describe well they you know they said they're from the bank and all your cards have been canceled and adam's like well that's weird and not true um but i understand why you're upset and so it's like gives him more money more cash for some reason and then it goes inside and uh his calls his assistant and his assistant's like hey i heard you're broke And he's like, yeah, I heard that too, but I'm not broke. She's like, yeah, well, I heard the guy called me, said that you didn't have any money. And so I called around and found out you're broke. And uh, he's like, okay, that sucks. <laughs> and, uh, and then they skip past that. And she's like, this guy called and he's called the cowboy. And this is the best Justin throw part where he's like, Oh, yeah. And she's like, yeah. And he wants you to go to this ranch at the top of the canyon and meet him. And Justin Theroux's like, should I get my six shooter and my 10 gallon hat? 
<laughs> he's sarcastic, <laughs> and I loved it. He's definitely the best part of this movie. But she's <laughs> like, yeah. There's, apparently, this cowboy guy is like a big deal, and and he needs to go meet him in the middle of the night, and uh, and that and that's most. That's pretty much the whole scene. That's most of the scene. That's what happens. Yeah. But meanwhile, before we get to the cowboy, because that's going to be a whole thing. Before we get to the cowboy, uh, there's a scene with two guys just that we've never seen before, just shooting the shit in this guy's office. And one of the guys has long hair and one guy is in like a leather jacket. And... uh, uh, did you recognize the, guy the one guy Lost in the leather Jacob? jacket? Yeah, yeah, it's Jacob from yeah, Lost. Which I enjoyed thoroughly. Um, but they're like just having a conversation and along and they talk about like the weird part to me is they talk about like this funny story that he told or wrote about a car accident. And I was like, is this the car accident? I don't understand. <laughs> and then the, and then jacob i don't know his actual name the the guy uh we're gonna call yeah, him jacob he points out this black book on the desk and he's like hey is that the thing and the guy's like yeah this is the black book has all this guy's information in it and so he shoots the guy with the long hair but yeah he yeah. like turns and out so to jacob be a is like this hitman of sorts and he tries to like set up the scene to make it look like this guy killed himself and ends up shooting the wall and ends up going through the wall and hitting this lady on the other side. And so he has to go around and like try to kill her now because she's a witness. And he has the hardest time trying to kill her. She's a fighter. And it's, <laughs> it's one of the funniest like hitman yeah. scenes I've seen in a movie. Cause he's yeah. so bad at it. Like, the way he kills the first victim, yeah. you're like, oh, shit. Like, mm-hmm. that was well done. And then he shoots the wall, and you're like, oh, <laughs> you suck at your job. Yeah, <laughs> like, yeah he he tries to strangle her, and, and he, he like, can't. I mean, she's a I, bigger lady, but it's hard to strangle her. And then so he tries to carry her out of the room, but, and then this... <laughs> why does he carry her He's trying her to bring her into the, the other room. room with the other dead guy, and he'll just, you know, leave them both there. But this janitor sees him do it. <laughs> and so he's like, <laughs> the yeah, he just no stares response. at this guy dragging this woman screaming. And he's like, come in here. Yeah, I need you like, to help oh, me. She's, come she's in really here. sick. You need to come call the police. She's really sick. <laughs> it, come call 911 yeah. for me. Come in here. It's okay. He dies, come in like, here. For no reason at all. And, uh, <laughs> So, he, well, he gets her, the woman into the room, kills her. She's now two bodies in this room. The janitor comes in. He kills the janitor. Now he's got just a body, a room full of bodies and uh, ends up shooting the <laughs> vacuum, which turned on when he killed the janitor. It sparks and starts a fire and turns on the fire alarm. And this guy's just like, ah, shit, you know, uh, all of these terrible things are happening. He's a terrible hitman. Yeah, and he uh, he remembers the book and then yeah. bails out the window. It was like, there's so many moments in Mulholland Drive where I felt like, oh, here we go. We're connecting stuff. Oh, we're going to have kind of a uh, mm-hmm. a flow. Like, I felt there are several moments. This was one of them where I thought, oh, he's going to yeah. show back up. Like, was he the one? 
contracted to like, was he in the limo mm-hmm. at the beginning? I was trying to think of that. And I was like, all right, where is this guy fitting in? Uh, he does fit the story, but not until yeah. much later where they do like a switcheroo. Anyways, um, <laughs> the, the, the timeline of Mulholland drive yeah. gets a little weird. Um, and it's only the course yeah. of two or three days. So after all that, uh, we're back to Betty and Rita, um, who, by the way, internally, I kept calling Rita Veronica. I was like, oh, Betty and Veronica, because they're a blonde and a brunette, and Rita doesn't really have a name. I'm like, her name's just Veronica. Let's just decide. And so internally, <laughs> I feel like we all just yeah, learned something as, about as they Jake. try to like solve her. <laughs> solve her mental lot like memory loss and go on this adventure i'm like but it's betty and veronica let's just let's just decide but betty and rita they're like they have this so betty realizes that she's not just a house guest she's some girl she called her aunt and her aunt told her i have no idea who that is so they can she confronts her and rita admits oh i had this accident and uh and so they read Betty is like, oh, obviously, let's look in your purse because your purse has your ID. It'll have your name. Duh. Of course, right. let's do that. And so they do. And there's nothing. There's no information in there other than there's stacks and stacks of cash and so this weird cash. blue key. And I'm like, at this point, I'm like, whatever. This movie is going so th- wherever it's going to go. I can't keep up. <laughs> So the the blue key is not just a blue key though. Yeah. This is such a like It's not a What? It's one of those like odd super long triangle yeah. like 3D it, It's immaculate kind of like yeah. a skeleton it's, key but the tip of it is very specific. It has like this diamond shape or triangle shape. Um it is it's not an ordinary key. It's mystical. Right. And you're like, oh, we're we're gonna actually be solving yeah. clues now. And then my brain was like, didn't they have a key like that in the Da Vinci Code? And I was <laughs> like, dude, we are not going with so many different clues and deciphering stuff. I'm trying to decipher a full movie right now, not yeah, not an adventure. Goddamn, <laughs> yeah, you're not Robert um, Lane, <laughs> you can't just just find every solution. <laughs> <laughs> You yeah. are not that smart, goddammit. Uh, so <laughs> But I was very yeah. thrown off by the key and the cash, and I was like, oh shit. So this we're gonna go into an even wider world of Yeah. And something. so Betty Betty, Betty tries you know? to get her to remember uh, <laughs> stuff. All she can remember is Mulholland Drive. So they call the cops and they're like, Was there an accident on Mulholland Drive? They're like, Yes. And then uh, they can't like find anything else out. Like as soon as she tries to ask more questions, the cops ask her more questions. And so she hangs up, wants to keep it anonymous. And yeah. so uh, the, I guess the next interesting thing is the, uh, Ver- or not Veronica, Rita. <laughs> I'm going to confuse people Rita. if I start calling her Veronica. That's just for me. That's not for you. Um, Veron- Rita, <laughs> damn it. <laughs> Rita has like this memory or has the, like a weird memory where uh, they're, they're at Winky's diner. So after they called the cops at the pay form, they go to Winky's diner and it's the same diner from the beginning. Those two guys who had the one guy had the dream and he tells the witch, the witch thing we talked about. Um, 
And she looks at the waitress's name and it says Diane, which I do think is important. We'll get back to that in a minute. Um, but she's like, has like a memory trigger. And she's like, oh, oh, uh, Diane. And she remembers this girl's name, Diane Selwyn. And, and so they look her up yep. in the white pages. And I, well, one thing, I didn't realize this because I didn't do any research about the movie before I watched it. But af- after I saw it once, right. I looked at the IMDb page and it's very weird and interesting that Naomi Watts is credited as both Betty and Diane Selwyn, which we'll come back to later. Um, yeah. But Betty and Rita go to... They, they're going, they want to go to Diane's apartment. They look her up in the white pages. They figure out where she is. They make a plan to go, but they can't go until Betty goes to her audition. So backing up a second, uh, <laughs> Betty has uh, Betty and Coco. So we didn't talk at all about Coco. Coco is the landlady of the apartment that her aunt has. Coco's she's kind annoying. Of annoying. She's also the <laughs> dance instructor from the Home Improvement episode where Tim and Jill have a dance class. Uh, for all of you Home Improvement fans out there, that's where I know her I from. You, I knew you would get Thank that. Thank you, Jake. I was like, hey, that's that lady. <laughs> um, big Home Improvement fans here on the Movie Bonners podcast. Yep. Um, so Coco is the landlady, and there's this weird scene where. This lady appear like is knocking at the door, and she appears on the porch, and she's um, she starts talking to Betty, and she's not like she might be the witch lady from before, but she seems to be this crazy old lady who is not dirty and weird like the witch lady, but she does have like a shawl thing on. That's what makes me think that it's related. Um, but she's like, "Hey, you have." what does she say she's like you have a you have a problem or you're in trouble and she's like no i'm ruth's niece i'm staying here because i'm an actress and she's like no 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 that's there's somebody else here that has that's in trouble and she kind of gets pulled away by coco before she sees uh rita on the couch and but coco brings her brings uh betty some acting pages like a script that she's going to audition for and it's interesting to me how rita and betty run through this script and it's a very like kind of cliche silly uh soap opera y script that they they kind of start laughing yeah. about it. they're like oh this is so bad i can't believe i'm trying out for this kind of thing and so I, I like I liked that scene, and I liked how it came back later. I feel like this happens a couple of times where something is like foreshadowed, or or something happens and is treated as like the initial appearance of it is like kind of pure or your normal perception of it, and then later that thing comes back and it's and the perception of it is different. It's the same but different, and I feel like that happens a couple of times. Yeah, well, I mean, technically, it happens All the time. throughout the whole <laughs> yeah. movie. All right, that's but fair. we'll get to that. Um, but so <laughs> Betty tells Rita that she will come back for her, and they will go to Diane's house, 
the name the lady that she remembered and it might be her she's not sure who um she'll go to her house after audition so she goes to her audition and she has to meet all these people we need to talk about yeah. this audition scene like we <laughs> this is one of the i feel like it's one of the main points oh, of the movie while also not meaning yes. anything in the movie it's so weird well, I, I would actually say the audition scene after finishing it and then after kind of reading like production notes and the comment section, trying to figure out how did other people break this down or how did David Lynch want this broken down? There's not a yeah. lot on actually folks on how David Lynch wanted to okay. break the movie down. There's like a whole thing of, hey, here are the clues to the whole mystery and reading the list of clues. You're like, <laughs> those aren't clues to the yeah. mystery at all um anyways the audition scene to me <laughs> man i felt so yeah. gross and so uncomfortable i squirmed the end from the moment she mm-hmm. walks in the office to when she finally leaves i was squirming i was like i am yeah. uncomfortable I'm- with this scene I genuinely I'm glad don't you like said this that. Scene. I wasn't sure really how to take it because I was like, part of me was like, oh, she's doing a really good job acting. Maybe this is, you know, how it's supposed to be. And she does do things where she kind of leads the scene in a way. But at the same time, I'm like, this is extremely intimate for a audition and awkward that this yeah. weird old guy is trying to like make out with this girl during an audition and they do and so when she shows up and the introductions are made um and then she like she goes to read when she walks in i mean it's in an office it's not even in like an audition room so immediately i was like oh this is a this feels unsafe yeah this feels gross why is there an old guy reading this scene with her this that is not the kind of like co-star i pictured when she was doing the goofy soap yeah. opera version with rita not an well, old they guy d- they do but he calls her is it call her? <coughs> yeah baby right away and immediately when he said that i was like oh yeah. he does do God. several creepy things i kind of i was more or less okay with his casting because they do describe oh this is the guy that We've actually cast for the role. He'll be playing against you. And the scene is about she has like some romantic slash murderous thing with a uh, with her dad's best friend who you assume will be older. But yeah, the guy like when he's not doing scripted things, when he's just talking to her is doing saying creepy things and doing creepy things. Yeah, he's like. His hand placement is awkward. And I, I take her whole audition, not so much like, oh, she's just really mm-hmm. into the role. I take it more as she's just kind of doing, she's diving completely in with what she thinks is expected mm-hmm. of her, which would be, to me, the poisonous letter yeah. to Hollywood yeah, whole aspect. Sure. Uh, I hate the audition scene. It is one of my notes that I like. <laughs> specifically called out to being i hate this yeah. scene so much not because i feel it's unnecessary i f- i actually think it's probably one of the most necessary scenes okay. in the movie 
just with how everything mm-hmm. turns out. Um, but wow, was I so grossed out by how everyone's like, oh, this is fine. This is great. The old man shoving his tongue down her throat. Yeah. Look at that. And like, yeah, she's kind of leading the scene at times. But like I said, my perception of this whole part mm-hmm. was she's just doing what she feels she is expected of her to yeah. already do. And I'm you. I hate this scene yeah. so much, man. The <laughs> most interesting thing to me was the stark contrast between the same words when she played it with her friend in the kitchen. It felt very yeah. cheesy. And you can take those same words and play them in a very different way and make it uh better or more interesting or or more impactful well it her lines definitely have a lot more weight during her audition than they did when she was practicing just memorizing so on the on the page you Uh, can take something and how you play it is as important as what you're playing and is an interesting thing yeah yeah (laughs) audition scene man i was like yep this is gross. Hollywood casting folk. Yeah. You're gross. Uh, <laughs> we're such a like giant hypocrisy, Jake. <laughs> I mean, <laughs> we love movies. We hate the people yeah, that are behind it. <laughs> I'm nothing is not a hypocrite. Absolutely. Ah, uh, <laughs> to be human. Yeah. And then she like, they all praise her when the scene's mm. over. And the the casting director, this lady who's sitting on the couch, she's like, I'm going to take her over right away. And then they go to a set where Adam is holding his audition. Oh, we missed your your (laughs) cowboy. Okay, so we got to pause. We got to go to the cowboy. No, I'm sorry, Jake. We got to. So Adam has to go meet the cowboy because it's such an important thing, apparently. Um, And. Mm -hmm he gets to this corral and it's dark and tense and this light mysteriously flickers and it turns on when the cowboy arrives and the cowboy is a very stereotypical cowboy. He's got a giant white cowboy hat and a red bandana around his neck and a heavy coat. He's a cowboy. He's a rancher. He's, he's, he's if you said oh he's a cowboy he's pretty much what you would think and he mm-hmm. has this conversation where he tells adam like this kind of cryptic philosophy about how a man's attitude determines his life and he he's he's very uh intentional about like keeping adam on track and not like letting him dismiss things as like with his sarcasm which has been like his thing and so Mm -hmm. it's like do you agree with that he's like yeah sure whatever who cares and he's like no do you really agree with that or are you just saying that because you think that's what i want to hear and so i thought it was pretty interesting i also thought it was interesting that adam could actually he was paying attention i thought he was dismissing it too but he was paying attention and is able to recite it back um and the cowboy is basically his whole point is to convince adam to to do the same thing the mom guys tried to get him to do where he's like you're gonna this girl's gonna try out for your 
a movie and it's your job to say, yeah, this is the girl. And if you don't say that, you're going to see me two more times. If you're bad, if you're a good little boy, then you're going to see me one more time. And, and, and that's, that's about it. And then the cowboy leaves. <laughs> then yeah. the cowboy leaves. Uh, yeah. <laughs> the cowboy had me like, are you like a, like genuinely cryptic kind of character? Like, are you supposed to, yeah. are, is there something mystical of you or are you just like the <laughs> mobster guy? Are yeah. You like- it's like, it's ominous <laughs> yeah. and dorky at the same time. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I don't, I didn't really know how to take the cowboy. Guy, but apparently Adam takes him very seriously. So getting back to right. where we were, uh, Betty goes with this, casting director and she's very the thing that kind of struck me and shout out to Naomi Watts's uh, acting because she does a great job of acting she's so excited mm-hmm. having nailed this audition like completely transformed this terrible script generally nailed it everybody applauded they liked it the the producer seemed ecstatic i we didn't touch on it <laughs> the director seemed like he hadn't yeah. even watched the director the doesn't give a fuck he doesn't know what's going on the, the producer's like hey do you have any notes and every note he gives is like the most ambiguous thing that everybody kind of looks around they're like do you know what that means <laughs> what, what am i supposed to do <laughs> and i was like no just just go yeah Ooh. totally i can do that um but the the cat the this casting director who's not even the casting director for the movie takes her out and they're like, wow, that movie sucks. And she's kind of has her uh, excitement shattered because she's like, oh, I thought I nailed it. And they're, it's so funny that they're like so jaded by actual Hollywood that they're like, no, that guy's never yeah. going to make that movie. It doesn't matter. You were actually good, but who cares? And uh, so, she, but she's like about to be taken to this other guy who she's like, you, they, they believe in her. They're like, yeah, you actually were good you will we think you'll be good for this other project so they bring her across the lot to adam's movie and yep this is kind of the other thing that i think comes back later where uh he's casting this movie which is very kind of 50s style like singer uh yeah his auditions are are these women who have to sing like basically doo-wop yeah. songs or whatever, some kind of poppy song from the fifties. And that's their and audition. And he looks really so they like, seem whatever. to be really good. <laughs> At least my perception watching it was like, Oh, I like these singers. They're really incredible. Having watched the movie, I'm pretty convinced that this is a reference to later on where they're actually just recorded and it doesn't actually, it's not real. And I think this ties in later, which we'll get to. Um, but the first yeah. lady I really liked, and he's li- and he like likes her, and but but he knows that she's not the girl the mob said you should accept. And then the girl the mob said you should accept comes on, and she's good too. She's fine. Um, but Betty comes in, and they kind of lock eyes with each other. Uh, the director and Adam yeah. and Betty they lock eyes. They don't really interact though, and. Uh, and that's about it. This 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 girl Camilla that he's <laughs> yes. supposed to accept, he ends up accepting. He's like, "This is the girl." He says what he's supposed to say, what the cowboy said he should say. And there's a mob guy like over the shoulder of this other guy who's like, "You made the r- making sure he yeah. says what you he's made supposed the right to say. choice or whatever he says." 
and uh, <laughs> and and but before Betty can meet him, she has to leave. She's like, "Oh, I told Rita that we would go see Diane's apartment," which I think is an interesting like character moment because if you're if you just nailed an audition and you were pulled aside by this casting director, you're about to meet this director. This could be your big break. This could be the whole reason you came out here. Right. And she decides to leave to, because she told her, instead of being late to meet her friend, she told her friend she would meet her. And so she drops it. And Yeah, she totally yeah. bails out. And everyone's like, oh. Yeah. <laughs> Where are you going? <laughs> oh. Yeah. Which I, I think it makes me like her more. I'm like, oh, you, you, you're just being a good friend more than you're not being selfish i guess so it makes you like Betty right. more. um so her betty and rita go to diane's apartment and there's like these weird old there's like these guys in a it seems like there might be guys in a car watching the place so they go around back and then it seems like they might actually not be there like watching the place they might just be picking up somebody so it's kind of left <laughs> open-ended just... but they go to yeah and they that Sorry, was go, ahead, they go to apartment 12 where diane's supposed to be and this other lady's there and she's like oh actually diane's in apartment 17 because we switched apartments and i'm like she still has some of yeah. my stuff and i'm like that doesn't happen like nobody does that <laughs> but okay <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> and so they go to apartment 17 and nobody answers the door and betty breaks in and you can tell as soon as she does open the door, she goes in through the window, opens the door for Rita, and you, she's holding her nose. It's very obvious. Like, oh, it smells bad in there. I'm like, oh, she's dead. She's super dead. <laughs> right. Like, oh, there's a body in there. Yeah. <laughs> but when they... Well, yeah, because they even hint to, like, no one has heard from her for a few weeks or whatever. Yeah. Like, she's been missing for some time. <laughs> yeah, and it, but it's so... Uh, when they go in and they see this uh, dead body on the bed, it's kind of weird because it, it, at least it, what I took from it was um, something different must have happened to her because her face seems so much more decayed than like her arms and legs, which you see. They're just kind mm -hmm. of like dirty, but she, her face is like she looks kind of gross. And so uh, I, you don't really know what's going on other than they run out of the apartment and there's war more weird editing where they kind of run towards the camera and there's like there's like superimposed double image going on <laughs> the, the superimposed yeah where it like yeah i was what the fuck they didn't take drugs on yeah this part. so i didn't know if that was supposed to like just represent her that she's induced like indicating her craze induced terror or something but right i was like was this a a thing movies did in 2001 i'm trying <laughs> yeah. to remember maybe like is, maybe, is this a maybe editing in trick? Like 50s or something i don't know <laughs> but so they seem to think that rita may be in danger because this girl's dead yeah we don't know if this is her name or not we don't know anything about her but so they they cut her hair they cut her. They cut her hair. Give her a blonde wig. They cut, cut Rita's, Rita's hair. They cut, they cut Rita's, Rita's hair. hair. Give her a blonde wig, and uh, this is the scene we talked about where, and this is where they get they it on. Get it on, and it's it. It's just caught me out of the blue. Where I had no idea <laughs> that he was in love with Rita, 
or that even had a lesbian crush on her. Like it was just a weird thing. Since when it <laughs> was that the case, I had no idea. Yeah. And it goes on like it does not get. I guess graphic would be the word yeah. or it doesn't like it's a pretty long mm-hmm. scene, but they don't do a whole yeah. lot. I was like, they make out and they do some weird cupping. Yeah, that's fair. And that's about yeah, I would, it. the longer it went on, the more I was concerned that it was going to like be a thing. But it, the, yeah, yeah. <laughs> ultimately it's not like there's, scissoring or anything going on (laughs) but it does it does seem like it goes on for a a few beats too much like you get the gist when they lay down and start kissing yeah you get it yeah you can move on from that lynch you can (laughs) but i guess the main point of that is that they're in bed at the same time when rita starts sleep talking and she starts talking in spanish mm-hmm. saying mostly silencio and then right. wakes up and is like you need to go with me to this place right now and betty's like i guess <laughs> yeah she's like but it's 3 a.m and she's like you have to come with me now and she's like i'll go with you <laughs> okay and they get all dolled up and they go to this weird theater yeah. And I kept telling myself, like, okay, so they woke up at 3 a.m. I've been to L.A. Uh, Traffic does not really ease Uh up. So I'm assuming they they got ready probably decently quick. Their commute was probably not great, depending (laughs) on how far this theater was from where Betty is staying or from where they're staying. And there's like people in the theater and I'm like, fuck, man, it's got to be at least like 435 in the morning at this point. And this theater show is just now starting. What the (laughs) hell? (laughs) Yeah, (laughs) they somehow arrive right on time. It starts as soon as they walk in. And there's like a guy uh, yelling who's basically talking about how. There's no live band. There's no band in this place. Yep. And referring to the music that's playing in the background or on stage, obviously recorded, uh, pointing out there's no clarinet, there's no trombone, but you're still hearing clarinet. You're still hearing trombone. And he's like, he claws out specifically a muted trumpet. And then you see a guy walk out playing a muted trumpet. And you're like, okay. And then he like lifts, pulls his trumpet away from his mouth, lifts his arms up and, uh, and the trumpet's still playing in the background. Yeah, it's like everything's a recording. Yeah. Everything has already happened or yeah. whatnot. And then there's uh, this like break. What seems like a break and oh, that thing must be done. Um, and there's like flashing lights and Betty goes into this weird epileptic seizure type thing. Yeah, she's like having a seizure. And nobody <laughs> talks about it. And I don't know what this happened. I was like, she's just like... <laughs> freaking out and uh and then the guy who was on stage disappears and this other guy actually the bleached mustache guy from the hotel he comes in to introduce the next act or what you assume is the next act and it's this lady and she starts singing a song which is the most beautiful song i totally understand it's in spanish you understand why 
Betty and Rita and everybody in the audience is moved by it. They're like crying, like not just like a single tear, but like crying, crying. Right. And then the the lady on stage faints and falls and the the singing keeps going. And so you're at the same time a little bit concerned about the lady who just passed out, but also uh, you feel tricked because you believed that she was singing, even though the guy, this is might be my favorite part of the movie. The, 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 the host had just told you a hundred times, nothing is real. Everything (laughs) is recorded. He proved it over and over again, but then there was a little bit of a break. And so you kind of stopped thinking that that, pertained to now and so this kind of reproves it that no this is the act that even that thing that you thought was so beautiful was not real kind of in a way yeah and it's uh oh sorry oh big (laughs) yawn um it's perhaps for such a weird scene that feels so out of place the first time you watch it it might be the most important scene because it's pretty much telling you everything that you've needed to hear throughout the course of this. Yeah. Film. <laughs> yeah. It comes pretty late, but yeah, it does seem like it could be applied to the rest of the movie. Yeah. Um, although I say that, but then they also follow up that whole scene with the, the close up of the lady with blue hair sitting in the balcony <laughs> And you're like, who is she? Nothing. Doesn't matter. Don't worry about it. She doesn't matter. She's not. But you're just like, oh, another. Okay. Another red (laughs) herring. And the characters don't seem to have learned anything because they, the end of that scene is they find or are given. I'm very unclear how they get this uh, blue box. So it's like in their purse or in a different purse somehow they just are holding the blue box and you're like oh it comes out of a does it come out of a purse i only watched it one and a quarter remember i fell (laughs) asleep the second time it looked like it came out of like the same sort of purse that had the money and the blue key but may may, i don't know how it would get in their purse but it's a yeah so it's like a small it looks like a small gift box but it's all Mm -hmm. blue and it happens to have the triangle mm-hmm. hole, and you're like, oh, that's what the key goes in. Oh, shit, what's it going to yeah. be? And this scene kind of bothered okay. me, because I can't tell if this is like a mistake in the film, yeah. or if it was just David Lynch fucking with my head even more, <laughs> which I'm citing on that. <laughs> Excuse me, citing on that, because why wouldn't right. he? Um, she puts the key in, and she turns that key. Mm-hmm. But it's a close up of the box the whole time. And there is no, cr- there's no, not crease, but there's no like cut part of the hole mm-hmm. where it would turn. The paint stays <laughs> completely solid. And I was so like, she turned it, right? <laughs> didn't she turn the key? She turned that. Well, the, the thing I didn't notice the first time I watched it which seems so obvious. It seems so obvious. I should have noticed. Maybe you did. Maybe you didn't get to it the second time, and maybe you did what I did. As soon as they get home, 
They walk in the door and they're like, oh, we have this blue box. Let's use the key on it. Rita's like, Betty disappears. And Rita's like, Betty? Betty, where are you? And she yeah, goes to look yeah. around the house, looks out the door. She can't find her. And I'm like, oh, shit, that's important. Like, I couldn't believe that Betty just disappeared. I missed that the first time. And then she opens the box. She decides to continue on without her. Opens the box. It's like this empty blackness inside. And the camera, it doesn't zoom. It like it looks like it falls yeah, into it. Yeah, like, it like <laughs> pushes into the darkness. And then the box falls onto the ground. And then like pans up and the ant is there, the red-haired ant. And she looks in the room and there's there's no rita there's no box there's no money there's nothing on the bed and this okay but buckle up because (laughs) this is where things get crazy because once the blue box is opened it's kind of like a pandora's box of huh yeah that's a good Um, way to look at it yeah this was at the point in the movie where i felt like i'm gonna get like mental whiplash (laughs) from this movie (laughs) like what the hell what is going on what am i actually supposed to be focusing on what's i'm trying to avoid the very obvious cliche question if you can't tell but i was very much like okay what the hell's happening now yeah Yeah. so we see diane the dead girl who was in bed she's 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 initial. She's not dirty and decayed. And then she, you see the cowboy come back. He leans in and tells her it's time to get up. And then the camera fades out and back in. And then you see Betty in bed in the same basic pose on her side above the covers. Um, and then there's knocking on the door, and Betty answers the door, but it's obvious that she's in Diane's apartment still. And the girl at the door is the girl in apartment 12 who said that she still has stuff at Diane's place. And so she basically, she calls Betty Diane and yeah. comes in and gets some stuff. And one of the things she gets is on the coffee table and she picks it up and there's a blue key, not like a, not like the blue key we've seen. It's a big skeleton, but like key. an actual key, but it's, it's like a, a blue. blue house key, like a normal house key. And, uh, and then this, it's so hard to keep track of this movie. And then uh, the, the a lady before she leaves, she says there were two detectives who came looking for Diane or Betty. I don't know who you are anymore. Yeah. And they're like, they have some weird where it's obvious that like the apartment switch, if that was real, yeah. was not a friendly, ooh, why don't we change apartments? I got the feeling like, oh, they don't like each other. Like, was this a bad breakup? Mm -hmm. (laughs) There's some animosity because she's like, I put your stuff in the box over there in the corner. And she's very like their body language, their attitude towards each other is very dismissive. Very. I don't like you. You need to go away. It's like, oh, that's this is interesting. Mm -hmm. So is Betty not real? (laughs) Why is she like? She just got called Diane, but she is responding as if that is actually her name. And that was 
this is when like you gotta kind of understand like okay something mm. we're going into here's our spoiler area <laughs> folks uh the twist ending side of things where you're like i think we're in that territory yeah. but i don't know what the twist will be or if there actually will be a yeah. twist will the twist be there is no twist but it just ends i just, yeah, <laughs> yeah. Like, i'm as i'm watching it i'm trying to like write in advance of what's happening where i'm like is it going to is she being this thing and it's going to be this i'm like is betty playing the role of this girl's memory of this person or, or right. I, was, I was so confused the whole time. I was like, is she, who's who, where did Rita go? What is going on? Yeah. Uh, <laughs> and and then, then you have another lesbian sex scene with Rita and Diane now, I think. Yeah. Cause Rita, Rita's back all of a sudden and they're like just hanging out topless yeah. in the apartment or in the there's home. More, and Rita's there's more cupping. Yeah, the cupping's so weird. <laughs> I don't know if it's just because the movie's so weird, but I was like, it's just, you know, whatever. Yeah, um, yeah she like straddles Rita on the couch mm-hmm. and they just like. <laughs> <laughs> you know, like like lesbians do. <laughs> Sorry, lesbians. We don't need to. <laughs> I doubt that's like how Hollywood it is. 2001 lesbians do. Yeah. We'll say that because yeah. it's funnier. <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah. And she's like, Rita's like, we can't do this anymore. We shouldn't do this anymore. Mm-hmm. And then Betty slash Diane is like, girl. <laughs> I think that's a direct line. She's like, girl. <laughs> If it wasn't, it should have been. <laughs> yeah, she seems to be upset. Uh, there's a scene with Adam, the director, and Rita, who may or may not be Rita at this point. I think she may be Camilla, the girl that the mob said that he should cast. It's unclear. Um, but he's like just trying to describe to this guy how he should act in this car. It's the same kind of movie, like 50s style yep. movie. Um, and that's basically the whole scene. He's just describing how he's directing. Well, yeah, he like he gets in the car to do the he's trying to give stage direction mm-hmm. uh, with Camilla. Yeah. Who is now Rita. Yeah. And it turns out that Betty slash Diane is Camilla slash Rita's like understudy. Yeah. Assistant lady co <laughs> start like minor star. I she's in the movie somehow or might be. Yeah. I don't know. Poss- anyway, she's competing for the role. I don't know. Yeah. She's like watching from the other side of the set as Adam is giving the stage direction in the car with Camilla slash Rita. Mm-hmm. I'm so sorry. Try to keep up with these names. I could really fuck with everyone and start calling her Veronica slash Camilla slash Rita, but I won't. Yeah, that's wise. <laughs> and like, it turns out that Adam and. Oh man, I just fucked myself up. <laughs> Camilla slash Rita. Yeah. <laughs> are being like, are genuinely intimate with each other because they start like his stage direction at first 
sounds and looks so well done. Genuine. He's telling him like, hey, just let her fall under your shoulder. You're going to do it like this. Mm-hmm. You want to stay relaxed. You don't want to look like you're forcing her. Just let her fall into you. And I was like, that's actually really good stage direction right there. I like how he's doing that. And then they make out and I'm like, that's weird. Yeah. <laughs> like, <laughs> we have a movie to shoot. Come on, let's get <laughs> right. And he's like kicking people off the set. He kicks everyone off the set mm-hmm. except for Betty slash Diane. Or is it Diane slash Betty now? I think that it's more Diane than Betty now because we've made the leap, the quantum leap. I don't know what's happening. Uh, <laughs> she does seem to be Diane from this point forward from what I can tell. Yeah. It's possible and, Betty uh, never existed. We'll get into that. She's like watching them make out and Camilla slash Rita like looks at her kind of like, aren't you jealous of that? Yeah. Ish. <laughs> Yeah, more of like uh, I'm. This is I'm. I I don't know what it's like. It's like I'm. I'm doing this. <laughs> this is my thing now. I and so it really upsets Betty slash Diane. That's the main point. Is because she yep. goes to her apartment, crying, very upset. But while she's crying, she's also masturbating. She's like super diddling herself. Um. While she's yeah. crying, like violently crying. So she's, she's a uh, <laughs> super, super. That's a technical term, by the way. But it's not like super diddling. There are slapping sounds <laughs> during this part. And I was like, this is like, I was watching the movie, right? Yeah. I'm sitting on the couch watching the movie. And she starts, as you put it, super diddly, <laughs> diddling herself. And I'm like. Like immediately reverting back to when I was a younger yeah. boy watching movies with the folks <laughs> where they tell you to like cover your eyes uh-huh. or hey, don't watch this. I shouldn't and be I'm watching like, this. I don't know that I <laughs> like yeah. I and then I could hear so I know I there's like the slappy you can hear her because mm-hmm. I was not looking at the scene because it just <laughs> it felt so weird yeah. to me. And then I could still hear the crying with the like the the slapping. <laughs> slapping you, and it's not a thing you see in film often at least not american yeah. film and i was like this is so weird yeah why is she doing that <laughs> like yeah i was very confused as well um <laughs> and i don't know that the movie answers that but we'll try so the next scene is diane is in the car like in a limo, we're kind yep. of reminiscent of the opening credits. She's in a in limo. In fact, it looks almost identical yeah. to the opening scene. And so Betty, <laughs> Betty slash Diane is in this limo. She gets stopped. This guy in the front seat who previously pulled a gun on her is like, oh, just hang out. And Rita slash, what 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 the fuck's her name? Camilla. Camilla. Not, for not, not Veronica. Thank you. <laughs> Rita slash Camilla walks down the hill and gets in the car and they have like a conversation in the in the limo. Yeah. Which I was so confused because I was like, none of this happened in the in the beginning. Well, I don't know what right. this means. And, and then uh Camilla slash Veronica. I, we need to pick one at this point. Cam- we're we're sticking with Camilla. We're gonna go first with of all, alphabetical first order. Of all, it was, we're going with Camilla. It was never Veronica. 
It was never Veronica. We've made too many jokes about Veronica. We're moving past Veronica. So now it is Camilla. New Camilla. Camilla Camilla. (laughs) 2.0. And Camilla takes Diane up the hill. Like up out of the car up the hill. There's a she tells her like there's a shortcut, right? Or like, hey, there's a different way to go. Yeah. And she takes her to Adam's house for some kind of party that's going on Mm -hmm. where Adam is like, oh, you should meet my mother. (laughs) And it's Coco. Coco, the landlady. Wait. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. I was like, was this always the case? I guess we never asked. It's possible. I guess it's conceivable. I mean, at this point in the movie, I'm sure your brain was similar to mine where it was like, okay. Yeah. (laughs) <laughs> the, the best way I can describe this movie is that it feels like the whole thing uses dream logic where this is like a dream and there are parts that make sense in normal life, but none of it's actually connected. You kind of just jump from thing to thing and then your brain fills in the gaps. You're like, yeah, that that must make sense. Let's not worry about that. And it keeps connecting people that you know, but who are not actually connected or changing their names into another character. But you, if you just don't think about it and it makes sense, that's what this movie is. It doesn't make sense, but if you <laughs> don't think about it, then it's whatever. Right. And, uh, Diane, are we sticking with Diane now? She's or she's Diane now. We're sticking with Diane. I think so for the Diane is like super upset because Camilla and Adam are obviously a thing. Yeah. And she's very uncomfortable being at this party. I would be too. Yeah. Especially because at this point you're like, I feel you girl. Like, <laughs> I'm just as lost as you are. Yeah. <laughs> and I don't know that I'm going to try to put the pieces together. I guess I'll just see what mm-hmm. you do. <laughs> well, part of the problem is you still see her as Betty. I connected to her as Betty as this, yeah. this girl who doesn't really know anything about Hollywood or what's going on. And now she's not Betty. She's Diane, who seems to be a bona fide actress who's invited to all these parties. But you see her as this person. And you're kind of like, oh, the, you're still vulnerable. You're still new. You shouldn't mm. be you know, involved in all this stuff. So it's hard to disconnect that quickly from that or yeah. re-see her as a different person that quickly. Well, and then I kept getting kind of like taken aback too. Once like she transitions into Diane she looks like she's methed out. Like she looks mm. cracked out of her skull for a few scenes. Mm. And that took me where I'm like, are you using? I don't remember you ever. Yeah. Even smoking a cigarette in this movie. <laughs> like what? Why do you look like this? What yeah. is happening? <laughs> Why are, but then we go back to, uh, right. Don't we go back to Wiggly's diner now? Yeah, basically. Or am I missing something? No, I think after the party is is Wiggly's Diner the third time. And the third time. And this is where Diane, the guy who was talking about his dream earlier has his millisecond, like, second scene. Okay. Because he's, he's at the register, and he looks at Diane, and he has that look of, like, huh. Oh. And then that's it. So he is... <laughs> the role of the uh, the guy he was talking to who was at the yeah. register. That's weird. Yeah. Yeah, I was so confused by how it jumped from the party to the diner. And I was like, 
and it's it's Diane. And I was like, are you Betty or are you Diane? Are we going to go back to Betty ever? What's going on? Doesn't seem to be the case. It seems to still be Diane, but she's talking to Jacob, the hitman. I don't know his real name, but he's Jacob from Lost. Uh, talking to the Who, hitman. We forgot to mention, did you notice in his first scene, mm-hmm. when he kills the three people, his eyes are different color. I no. forget what that's called. Yeah, so his eyes are different. Okay. But then at the diner... His eyes are the same. Oh, weird. No, I didn't notice. I that. don't know if like that's a, it feels like an intentional detail. Yeah. But again, what? <laughs> <laughs> it seems like an intentional, just throw it in to screw with people kind of thing. Yeah. I feel like this movie is a giant trolling. Yeah. Like it's a two hour troll. Yeah. That's how I feel. <laughs> yeah. But Diane <laughs> gives Camilla's headshot to the hitman. Yep. And he's like, Oh, don't give it to me out here. And she's like, Oh, it's a headshot. Everybody has one. And so it seems like she's trying to pay him to kill her, which yeah, she is. She's trying to like put out a hit on Camilla. And then he tells her like, you got the money. And I chuckled at this because she's like, yeah. And she shows him the money. Mm -hmm. And he's like, once you give that to me, there's no turning back. And she's like, I know. And then she pays him. He says something about the headshot, uh-huh. but gives no shits about being handed. <laughs> yeah, a bunch of money. All this money out in the public. In the well, it also seemed like <laughs> all that money, the purse it was in, looked like Rita's purse from yeah. the beginning. I was like, how does she get the money that the hitman had? I don't understand. But uh, Diane also gives him a blue key. Yep. which I assume is the blue key on the coffee well, no, she table. doesn't give him the blue key. He shows it to her, doesn't he? he He's like, you'll yeah. know when it's done because I'll put the blue key somewhere. Yeah, that's yeah. like the confirmation that the job is completed. Okay, yeah, yeah, you're right, you're right. Yeah. Yeah. Because then the blue key is sitting on, because this is where like the timeline is doing this weird like, grasshoppery movement where it just kind of jumps wherever it feels like at the moment. I think it's wibbly warbly timey wimey stuff. Yeah. Yeah. So it's doing that because then that's where you're like, Oh, that was the blue key from her dining table. When you find out or during that first transition from Betty to Diane, I hope my hand gestures are given (laughs) someone fucking seizures or whiplash because it is me. You're going to go on Betty uh, epileptic seizures at any point here. (laughs) <laughs> and she's like, I know. And I feel like there's, I feel like I'm missing a scene. Doesn't cause the witch lady makes her second appearance. There's like a now, isn't it? Yeah. Betty has this, like she's well, not Betty anymore. Diane is in her apartment and there's like weird flashing lights and she's freaking out again, looks a little bit cracked out or something maybe just distraught about her decision to kill her friend slash lover. I don't know. Um, the old couple from the airport show back up and they do. Oh a, yeah. They're like miniaturized crawling under her door and they do dancing, like a, right? Oh, this is so scary thing. Yeah. <laughs> Which is weird. Um, and then, yeah. And then the, that's like the thing, but like, Oh, we're scaring you. And, and she's so scared. And, uh, and then but then they she, actually like, like takes a they, pill or something. 
So, but they do grow like they're big all of a sudden. They're like chasing her down the hallway and she's screaming backwards mm-hmm. and they're like, Ee-e-e-e-e-e-e-e-e-e-e-e-e-e-e-e-e-e-e-e-e-e-e-e-e-e-e-e-e-e-e-e-e-e-e-e-e-e-e-e-e-e-e-e-e-e-e-e-e-
Hmm. that she like wakes up. It's like a nightmare. So she did. So Diane was the real version. Camilla was the real version. And Diane came out to Hollywood to be an aspiring actress, but Hollywood ruined her Hmm. and like it did not go well for her. And so she spiraled out of control while Camilla's career took off. And out of jealous rage, she did hire a hitman to kill Camilla. Mm. And then the whole movie is like kind of a dream nightmare sequence of hers that she wakes up from at the very end and out of a fit of rage kills herself. Okay. Which I was like, and this was where I read like, oh, the movie's a dream. That was the moment I was like, wasn't this kind of like a thing? I mean, the (laughs) twist endings we've talked about. Yeah, were a thing in like the late nineties through like the first ten years of the two thousands. <laughs> yeah, um, but like everything being a dream was mm-hmm. wasn't that also yeah part it was of like, the twisty kind of thing. Oh, it was actually just a dream. That was definitely a thing. Yeah, and I was like, this is not the kind of movie I ever remember hearing anything. Yeah, being like ever remotely hinted at that it was all a dream Mm -hmm. and i i'm kind of shocked at that but at the same time kind of proud of audiences for not spoiling that did they not spoil it or did they have no idea because i could see most audiences having like it could be a combination of both. It could also be a combination of those two along with we didn't have social mm-hmm. media, so people couldn't go online and like yeah. spoil it. But I was like, we didn't watching have this. social media really for the sixth sense or whatever. That was right. 99 or whatever. But yeah, I, I imagine most people are like, that was weird. I'm, <laughs> I'm not going to talk about it or see it or again. I'm not going to tell anybody about it. I have no idea it was a dream. I don't know what it was. Yeah. It could be a it could be all of those things, but I was like, either way, I mean, yeah, I don't remember ever even hearing about like, oh, the ending's so crazy, and I mm-hmm. remember this movie had a lot of publicity, a lot of press yeah. around it because I I know it was real popular around a, the Academy Awards, wasn't it? It even got nominated, didn't it? It did, I think, for best director. Um, yeah, that's what I remember. I remember. I knew the name. I saw a lot of press, a lot of interest, but didn't like it know was anything a, else about it. Yeah, I remember it being day. just a big movie. Yeah. Um, watching it for as much as like I've heard of it for it being so big. Yeah. I was kind of shocked that it looked so cheaply made, but like I said, <laughs> when you find out, like, oh, it was it had a TV budget in two thousand one. Yeah, uh, and then like a foreign. Because Studio Canal is not an American production company, or at least it wasn't back then. I don't know where they come from. Mm. Um, oh, it was nominated for Best Director. Yeah, you were right. Okay. Cool. Uh, but I know like it's been listed as one of the greatest films ever made. Roger Eber has it on like his all-time best. It's, it's on so many best lists. Yeah. It's crazy. Yeah, I saw a best list. I think it was BBC that had like a, a like a bunch of critics rated it like one of the best movies, the best movie of the, the 20th century or something. Like yeah. That. I was like, what? I mean, having watched it, 
I would argue that. Um, <laughs> yeah. So bottom line, <laughs> did you like it? Dude, okay. So I wrote and, this note at the start of this episode when okay. we were both like, can't figure out where I stand with this movie, right? Yeah. Uh, it has a lot of aspects to it that I genuinely or generally enjoy. I like mm-hmm. kind of twisty films. I like plots where you're trying to figure it out, piece it together yourself the whole time. Mm-hmm. I like that stuff. I I mean, Twin Peaks, not the best show I ever saw, but it was entertaining enough because it was so weird that I kept going back to be like, are you ever going to tell me what's going on? So I feel suckered into <laughs> watching Twin Peaks. I kind of feel suckered into watching Mulholland Drive as well. Yeah. Um, so my note is, I feel like this is in terms of our show name and our rating <laughs> scale. Yeah. Uh, I feel like From- this is kind of a whiskey dick kind of movie. <laughs> and Where I just could never get going. Well, like, where you want to really enjoy yeah. it. Yeah. You just can't get there. Yeah. That's accurate. <laughs> and I've, so I would, I would say it would be at like the, the, uh, what did I rate Akira? Like seven o'clock. Yeah. So I'd, I'd put Mulholland drive maybe just under Akira. Mm. primarily be because I with Akira I feel like that is a movie I will grow to probably really love after yeah. watching it more times cuz I want to watch it more mm-hmm. with Mulholland Drive I don't really <laughs> see myself watching this movie again That was going to be my second question do you want to watch it again I d- Like I feel if I was hanging out with people and someone mm-hmm. happened to be watching it, which is such a like <laughs> <laughs> improbable <laughs> scenario. But yeah, I would not like argue or be like, "Oh, this movie sucks." I'd I'd probably like, "Oh, yeah, this weird ass film," and I'd probably sit yeah. down and watch it then if yeah. it was like an accidental viewing. Mm-hmm. But it'd probably be more interesting to watch it with other people and be like. Isn't yeah. that weird? Yeah. Um, but seeking the movie out by itself, I don't. <laughs> I, I. I don't know. You brought. You mentioned it earlier. Like, do I need to watch more David Lynch films or more of his stuff? Yeah. I don't know that I want to. <laughs> if his stuff is continuously like this, um, or do I need to watch less? Yeah. I do kind of want to watch his version of Dune because it has so much like you hear yeah. about it so much, mm-hmm. not necessarily in a good light. I hear a lot of cheesiness of his version of Dune, mm-hmm. so I kind of wanted to watch it just for the cheesiness. Yeah, um, I know Dune, Dune fans of the books are not in love with it. Yeah, I found a recent love in, with Dune watching the movie, so I just want anything Dune. I'll give it a try. Why not? <laughs> But yeah, so my rating would be, yeah, it's not not very high. <laughs> yeah, that's accurate. I did not like it. I don't think I would watch it again. It is, I think that it, I don't think that a movie should get a ton of credit for just being weird. Like, yeah. 
if, if, if being weird is all you have going for it, I think that's easy to do. And so I, it's interesting to like talk to people about, and if there are people that love it, I'm very interested to know what, what gravitates you towards it. Um, but it seems like just a weird movie to me. There were parts and maybe it was mostly the conversation with the hitman and that long haired guy before he kills him. It's just such a weird conversation that I was like, this is kind of like, uh, the, what's the guy that made the room? Oh, uh, Tommy Wiseau. Yeah. This is, this is kind of like what Tommy Wiseau wishes the room would be. I think in a weird way where it's like, it does make sense in a, in a more normal way. Mm-hmm. And it is, it is a movie that a bona fide director with bona fide actors have made, but it's at the end of the day, it's just weird and it doesn't make a ton of sense. And you have to, you have to subscribe to the fact that it's, it's a dream and a ton of it doesn't connect and a ton of it doesn't make sense. Yeah. There's a couple of things that you could, you, if you, I think if you wanted to, you could make this movie mean anything you wanted really, because there's so little structure to it. Yeah. I, uh, I agree with all that. I feel like it gets a lot of attention just because it's so weird. Kind of like, um, kind of like Donnie Darko. Mm. I feel Donnie Darko when we were in high school. I mean, that was the movie. Every high schooler felt like obligated. You had to watch Donnie Darko. You had to love Donnie Darko. And the ones that loved it the most were always the like weird goth kids that were like, right. Who were, this this is weird. I'll like this. Look how edgy I am for the sake of being edgy. And then you watch Donnie Darko and you're like, I think this movie is just weird for the sake of (laughs) wanting to be weird. It's not a necessarily coherent story. Sorry, Donnie Darko fans. Um, (laughs) I own Donnie Darko. I haven't watched it since high school, but I still have it. (laughs) I've never seen it. I've seen memes from it. Um, I meant to watch it just because of that. Maybe that should be another one that we we do someday. But um, yeah. Just because I want to hear your opinion on Donnie Darko. <laughs> I am interested in watching it. I think um, we might need a normal movie in between. Yeah, in yeah. Sense, but. but yeah, I, I feel like Mulholland Drive, and I could be wrong. I don't know. I mean, if you loved it, cool. Yeah. I, I, nothing I against you. I just, uh, obviously, it did not <laughs> strike the chord for Jake and I. Yeah. Um, yeah. yeah I, I, just, saw, I saw a comment on IMDb that was like, I've seen... I watch most movies one or two times, but I've seen this movie 40 times and I just can continue watching it. And I was like, why was it? Cause you don't understand it. You have to, it, maybe you love it. And that's why? great. <laughs> if you love it, that's great. Yeah. And I could see it connecting to certain people. I, I just kind of, I got the sense throughout the movie that it was like, I mean, you also brought it up of, is this just how all of David Lynch's, yeah. stuff is is he just trying to be so weird that that's his shtick mm-hmm. kind of like tim burton with the gothic aesthetic or you know yeah is that just what they do 
Right. Uh, I haven't watched enough of his stuff to say yes, but I did watch Twin Peaks, so I feel like I can say, <laughs> yep, that seems like his, that's his yeah. thing. Uh, yeah. But I don't think Mulholland Drive deserved all the hype mm-hmm. just because it was so weird. I've seen weirder movies that had a more coherent twist or story to it. Right. So. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I agree wholeheartedly. <laughs> but. Yeah, so I feel kind of bad because our <laughs> our first two fan suggestion films, mm-hmm. neither of us were very like, yeah! <laughs> <laughs> well, just because I didn't love the movie doesn't mean I didn't love making the episode. True, true. The making movie. the episode was a lot of fun. And I know it was... It was a lot of fun constantly being like, what the fuck is going on? (laughs) (laughs) And I had, I was hoping, I will say I was hoping so much. Like, I hope Jake was somewhere on the same page with me on this. (laughs) Yeah, I I had no idea because we didn't text each other at all about this movie this week. And I was like, maybe he loves it. Maybe he has the answers. That was my number one hope. I was like, maybe he gets it and I can ask him questions. And then when you were like, I don't know, I was like, oh, great. Now we're on the same page. We're both on the same page. (laughs) But yeah, it's pretty funny that we landed in the same place. Yeah. But yeah. So, I mean, if if you haven't watched it and we spoiled it for you, I feel you could still go watch it and still not quite know what's going on. So let us know if that's the case. I don't think we spoiled anything because I think people will be like, I don't understand what that means. It's no, There's no way it's that confusing. I'll just watch it. And then you watch it and it's beat for beat exactly what we said. And it still doesn't make any sense. Just remember that opening, you are watching the right movie. Yeah. <laughs> it does start off with weird Photoshop overlay. Yeah. Bad Cut lighting. Out. Uh on a purple background. Purple background. That is the start of the movie. Yeah. You have found the right thing. Uh, <laughs> yeah. But yeah. So it, yeah, but it, if you love it, I do want to hear from you. Yeah. Let us know why, what attracts you to it. No judgment. Uh, I, I'm just curious really. Yeah. Uh, if you have more in-depth answers for, for us regarding what the movie what certain things throughout the film mean, mm-hmm. if anything, uh, let us know. Cause we, yeah, we got, we got some interesting ones about Akira, which helped a lot. Yeah. People were like, Oh, this means this. And in this culture, this means this. And the bike actually is, serves this purpose. And we're like, Oh, that's great. I love that. Please share more of that. Yeah. So give us insights. Cause obviously we're just a couple schmucks who <laughs> thought they knew films really well, yeah. but these last two did fan a, version or did a, <laughs> I just did a little light Googling to see what things meant. <laughs> don't, don't really know. Uh, yeah. So thank you. If you loved it, let us know why and all that good stuff. Um, yeah. At, at movie boners on Facebook and Instagram comment or DM. We don't mind yep, either yep. way. Let us know. Uh, comment on the YouTube videos. It. Uh, those are actually a lot of fun just because then other people can see that stuff. And Yeah you know, join the movie conversation. Um, yeah. Follow us Good on times. TikTok and all that stuff. I did not do a fun tidbit. I need to do that still. Uh Oh, uh, well, you know, Eternals was so long. Thank <laughs> you to the previews, which never fucking ended. Yeah. 
previews are out of control. Out of control. And there was like man. The 20 minutes of previews for Bond. Uh, it's a lot of previews for Dune. Dude, like there was a ton of previews for Eternals. It was like a half hour worth of them. You're like, just move on. When your movie is over two hours, your previews yeah. should be less than like 10 minutes. <laughs> yeah. Like, yeah, you would think they would want to get people out of there and get new people in so they could sell more tickets. But but apparently whatever. they're just loading up on trailers. Uh, yeah. But that's a different topic. There's a, there's a lot of movies coming out. There They've are. held a lot back. Um. So. Well, just like last week, we have not decided on our next episode, so we can't even tease the next one. Oh, yeah. Uh, but keep your keep your eyes out. We'll try to have that locked down either tomorrow night, well, when this releases, or mm-hmm. uh, Monday. Um, yep. Yeah. 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 We'll let you know on Facebook or Instagram what the, what is next so you can prepare. Yeah, yeah. If there's anything that you need to watch, otherwise it'll just be non-spoilery stuff. Yeah. So I think that's it. Do you got anything else? I think I don't think so. That was a wild ride. I don't know where we ended up, but <laughs> I, I feel like we ended up right where we started. No answers, headaches, mm-hmm. but we laughed a lot because it's so absurd. Maybe that was the point. Maybe that was maybe that was message. Yeah. <laughs> All right. Thanks. Everybody. Thank you guys. We appreciate you. See you next See time. Ya.